We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Wombo Combo. I'm your host, Breaky CPK, and your co-host, BSJ. This podcast is being brought to you by Indochino and Harry's. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Wombo Combo Podcast. Once again, another week of Dota that we had, another great week of Dota ahead of us, especially when we're talking about the competitive scene, the DPC officially kicking off here with the Summit Miner. We're going to discuss that, of course, how it played out in our thoughts and opinions, and we're also going to be previewing the upcoming Major, which actually starts this coming weekend. So again, we get right into it, the Major, the 16 teams now going to be competing for that million dollar prize pool and ultimately all those points that are on the line so of course i'm breaking cpk as always joined by bsj how you doing man doing pretty good just got done uh, warming up my viewers with uh me taking an iq test so it didn't give me a final result <laughs> but i scored pretty high so you know i i feel pretty good about myself right now on cloud nine in that regard so you know confidence booster coming in i saw a little bit were you peer pressured into that i mean doing that on stream that that feels a little dangerous i'm so surprised you did that on stream uh, i mean confidence well, can you i don't want to say peer pressured you know it's like when your girlfriend tells you to do something you kind of just do it <laughs> i'm sure as you know married man here you you yes. understand that more so even oh yes i do 
so <laughs> yeah I, I she didn't tell me to do it on stream but I, she's like you should take it and then i was like but i gotta do the pre-stream to the podcast i guess i'm doing it on stream so you know that, that's just uh how the cookie crumbles sometimes all right well i'm glad to hear it turned out well at least uh definitely uh, yeah, that would have been ugly if i scored like <laughs> like the bottom 20 percent or something that's what i'm saying that, that, that was a risky play but it sounds like it worked out for your favor so uh it's not something i would uh i, I would be willing to do um uh, not, you know i'm confident of course but man dangerous times on stream but uh you you of course you, you got a solid audience yourself and uh sounds like your fans love you no matter what so all right. Well, we got plenty to talk about. As I mentioned today, we got both the minor and the major to discuss. So I think uh, without further ado, it makes sense to get right into it as far as the minors concerned. Uh, they just wrapped up yesterday, obviously a four day event that took place. Eight teams went in. We previewed it in last week's podcast and ultimately the victor. Invictus Gaming out of China. They're the team that will be now going to China to represent as a 16th team at the MDL Major, which again starts this weekend. But Invictus Gaming in, I think it's almost fair to say, in fairly dominating fashion as they uh, were looking great out of Group A. And then they had a decent time all the way through the playoffs, including the 3-0 victory over Chaos. Now known as Chaos, by the way, formerly Quincy Crew, but they were picked up by Chaos as something else to address there shortly as well but Evictus Gaming 3-0 in the grand finals and taking it in the end so you know you were talking about this on last week's show BSJ we got Evictus Gaming say? taking it all yeah yeah man I called it you know I, I said that they seemed like the strongest team more so to me it didn't seem like any other team had proven themselves to be powerful or dominant I guess in their region you know all of them kind of look like they deserve to be at the minor as opposed to being at the major and IG I didn't really get a chance to watch them very much uh prior to the tournament but during the tournament itself uh let me tell you if you like remove the mid game feeds from emo and uh you know a couple other players sometimes I think this team is tier two, maybe even like a low, you know, like in contention to beat tier one teams. They're not a tier one team, but they're in contention to beat these teams. I was like, their landing stage, their drafts, their overall team decision making, all very good. You know, we just see random times where Emo would be dying to MSS for a position. And it happened in a lot of games. Every game I watched them play, with a few exceptions, they would establish an early lead. They would throw it away for like five minutes of the game, meaning they do like stupid plays for like five minutes and then they would win. And it was never really like they lost control of the game. That was kind of the big thing. Why I believe when you say a dominant, what that means is that it looked like they were always in control of their own fate. Even if they lost the game or even if the game wasn't going well, mm -hmm. it was because they were messing up, not because the opponent was playing better than them. Uh, and that's, the most convincing thing to me in Dota that tells me that team is better than who they're playing. Yeah, IG, again, looking good throughout. They did drop a game in the group stages to 178, one of the CIS representations, of course, is there only because Virtus Pro pulled out, uh, which that's something else we'll talk about in a second as well. But going back to Emo specifically, uh, yeah, we actually, there was a tweet from Sumail earlier on that 
made the point that this emo guy is actually one of the most best-looking up-and-coming stars, specifically out of China. And uh, boy, did he seem to call it, as we saw and you were saying, in this event specifically. Of course, he does have the major now coming up. We'll see. It looks like he's only 18 years old, though, somewhat of a younger player. Not surprising. It seems like these mid-players uh, tend to be that way. But uh, certainly a name to, uh, to continue to watch out for. But, of course, this is the roster where you have a player like Kaka specifically on it. It's understandable when you really think about it that he's, I'm sure, bringing his experience, his leadership as well. Uh, joining these other four players, which frankly aren't as known. We talked about Emo, Fly Fly, they're one, JT, they're offlane, and Ollie, they're position five. But uh, maybe some names uh, we should we should start to learn a little bit more. Uh, as a, again, it sounds like yourself, you, you even rate them as almost on that tier one cusp. Again, having, having to get through some tough competition, and that's why you, you chose them and you predicted they just right. A clear step above all these teams. That's yeah. what I, when I saw the tournament, like. I'm not saying they're tier one necessarily. I'm saying I think they can match up to tier one teams. Like they could maybe take a, a game, potentially fluke a best of three against a tier one team. And also, since there's really only a couple what people would consider tier one teams, uh, EG and Vici going into the major, maybe TNC, uh, that, that leaves a lot of opening for a team of this caliber to potentially win a major. I'm not saying they're going to, but I wouldn't go into this saying – the minor winners is not going to win the major. We did see last year. Was it e? Uh, who was it? Vici that won the minor and then the major. I believe. Yeah. Well, I think it yeah. was Vici. Yeah. 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 I mean, another Chinese team. I believe not only is that because the Chinese region, like these teams are, there's like multiple good teams, but also just the qualifiers are really hard. So sure. sometimes a really good Chinese team is going to be forced into the minor more so than any other region. Uh, the only highlight I want to give is I don't know if you saw the date, but Sumail tweeted that in summer of 2018 so that was oh i didn't even notice it was that yeah, long ago holy yeah crap. yeah so that was sumail <laughs> noticing like last year that this guy's on ig vitality and uh it's kind of similar to like misha where they're on this like tier three team that nobody's really ever paid attention to but they're the one standout player i think that's pretty much what sumail was saying and just like with nisha it took him a year of playing on kingwin to then suddenly be on secret and then you're seeing that and now it took uh emo a year of being ig on by ig vitality sure. and now he's on ig clearly showing good results already so just a highlight it's crazy that usually it takes that year-long period of a player to consistently be the standout of their team but once they do that it, it really has it pretty much always happens that they end up being on a really good team the following year. Well, China's China, the China Dota two specific scene actually has a very good amateur, you know, a fostering scene, I guess you can call it in the sense of these mentioned Invictus gaming vitality. You know, there's these secondary teams to a lot of these organizations that, help foster these players, give them that opportunity, almost like a practice squad, if, if you could say it that way, as far as traditional sports comparison right there, where, you know, they, they play in some tournaments themselves, but I'm sure they scrimmage against their, their quote-unquote main team as well, and it gives those players that higher league, the higher level experience more consistently than it would from other regions. So China, again, yeah. does a very good job of fostering these players. I, it's funny. I think the best way to learn in Dota quickly is by playing against people slightly better than you. So if you're tier three, you want to scrim against tier two teams. If you're tier two, you want to scrim against tier one teams and maybe like the weaker tier one teams. And then when you're like a weaker tier one team, you want to start scrimming against the tier one top tier team. So it's like 
what I mean is if you scrim against people way better than you, you're just going to lose in 15 minutes and <laughs> not really learn too much. Sure. But the games I've learned the most from is when I'm playing against people that are like one or two steps up the ladder above me. And uh, I think if you if that like type of league can ever be fostered anywhere, it'll just improve people way faster. Um, it's kind of like why I complain in matchmaking that if I'm playing against rank 1500 immortals, I'm like, do they really learn anything when I <laughs> am three levels ahead of them in lane? You know, at at eight minutes into the game, I don't think they really learn anything. So when they set up these like IG vitality type teams that are kind of the step down players from the tier one, tier two team of IG, then it really fosters their ability to grow. And I think that's important. It's hard though. It's not like something you can just make. Like you can't just say, how about NA makes that? That doesn't really, it's not that easy is what I'm emphasizing about that. Yeah. So it's always impressive to see these, these players specifically out of the China scene, all of a sudden every single year, it seems like we have a couple that definitely make an appearance and we're like, how do we not know about these guys before? But in this case, as you're pointing out, apparently Sumail called it. And uh, again, I don't want to overblow this necessarily a minor victory, something good to good to have, but we'll see how they do in the major. And of course there's still plenty of season left, uh, left in front of us, but certainly going to keep an eye on them and, uh, and how they perform moving forward. So, that's, of course, the big topic from the minor. The winners, Invictus Gaming, taking home. They got to hold up the duck at the very end. In typical Summit fashion, you know, the uh, the, the fun times that they have there behind the scenes. It's just, I I don't know, there, there's something about it where you obviously, you did have the, the League of Legends World Finals also taking place this last weekend. And, you know, they, they had their huge event with the, all the money they clearly put into it and all this, uh, you know, fun uh the whole VR thing that they had on the, the screen or whatever going on on the floor right there. Um, and then you have the <laughs> celebration for the summit event. Slacks hands them this, the, the duck and they get to hold it up in the air. And like, that's that. So a little, little bit different in comparison right there, but no, it's uh, <laughs> having some fun. Um, the major though, that'll be fun to see how they do there. But uh, other story topics from the minor, we are looking at the CIS region. I kind of hinted at this, how, 178, a team that replaced Virtus Pro at this event. Uh, of course, a last-minute somewhat replacement due to them pulling out. Uh, both them and Hellraisers, the uh, the team that actually did qualify in the runner-up spot at the CIS, and deservingly so, they both made it out of group. And uh, Hellraisers ultimately getting knocked out by Chaos in the lower finals. Uh, Hellraisers actually had to knock out also 178 in the previous round. Obviously having to play each other, but it just it seemed like a pretty solid event for CIS Dota as a whole, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I mean I all this really says to me is that the the fifteenth best through the thirtieth best player in that region is way better than the other regions, right? Like that's kind of how <laughs> that speaks to me. Uh, because you're ignoring obviously the top one or two or three teams from each region because they're obviously in the major. So the way I look at this is it almost validates for sure that Valve did a pretty good job with uh, how much, how many uh, invites each region got to the major. Uh, China got three invites. Guess what? Their fourth best team won the minor. Yeah. Uh, NA got three major, three invites to the major. Guess what? Their fourth best team got second in the minor. CIS like can almost say they got. Like skimmed out on. I think Geek Fam mm -hmm. did underperform, um, but I think Geek Fam, you know, the fact that they're the fourth best team in SEA and they lost to 
quote unquote three teams from CIS because two of which were in there and and made it to the groups, past the groups, but also one of them that theoretically is better than the other two. Um, that that almost argues to me that the only region that got skimmed out on was CIS. But at the same time, you know, Europe, if uh, that's the performance you're going to get from the third and fourth best team going into the minor, I, I'm just helping you do a nice little segue to our next segment here. Sure. That is like it shows a lot about the slots. It's like, yeah, maybe NA doesn't have the best teams ever, but I think the four best teams in NA right now are respectably decent. Like obviously including EG who is better than respectably decent, but uh Quincy Crew obviously a step down from IG, but uh I think Quincy Crew overall showed some promise uh as a developing team. I do think they have a lot of kinks to work out, but at least for a team like that, compared to a team like NIP, I saw some good things. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed too much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middleman, manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. Which means you get incredibly high-quality blades at factory direct prices. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door, on your schedule, with or without your subscription. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted egonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. So as you pointed out, that does segue pretty nicely into the next talking point. That being uh, really Europe in general in this uh, event, both NIP and Adfinem getting knocked out of the group stages. Uh, Adfinem only taking one game at all in the group. They went 0-2, though. Getting knocked out, NIP did get to the lower match, but then they eventually got eliminated by 1-7-8 in a 2-0 series. And again, we're going into this, going into the qualifiers. NIP was certainly one of the teams we expected to see even at the major let alone the minor, and here they are getting knocked out in the group stages. I, I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and suggest, you know, blow the siren, say something needs to change. But it, it feels like that this this is not uh, coming together. And this was supposed to be the cycle, if anything, for a team like NIP, right? Because next cycle, you're getting teams like OG, Team Secret. They're coming back better than ever, and you're going to have to start competing about them. We're going to have to start talking about, will NIP even qualify for the minor <laughs> moving forward? So I've heard some rumors that they're moving potentially to NA, by the way. Okay. For the next set of qualifiers. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I that's... just wanted to make sure that I heard that. I don't want to 100% confirm it because maybe it's not 100% confirmed. But it would make a lot of sense based on what you're saying uh, going into the next set of uh, major minor cycle that they would do that. Because if they're having this much trouble, then why not? Like, why would you stay in a region where OG Secret, the X-Liquid are all coming back? 
Well, see, I mean, that, that, that's interesting then. I guess that kind of to take off of that, if, is that, is that even the, the, the decision to make? I mean, do they go to N.A. and stick with the same five-man roster? Because you're sitting here just talking about how N.A., if anything, proved that they earn these spots. You have Chaos getting to the grand finals, looking solid themselves, clearly a team that's growing themselves as well and only going to get better as the season goes on, you'd figure, especially if they can finalize their offlane player, whether it's Sableye or whoever else, uh, is going to N.A. the play. I mean, I guess for players like Universe and PPD specifically, and even Gunner, who is newer to this level of play in the competitive scene, being from NA, that would give him a comfort factor, I suppose you could argue. So in that, the mentality state, I could see it working. But when it comes to competition, I don't know if it's necessarily the move that is uh, just, that's the only thing that NIP needs moving forward. I'm not saying that's the only thing they need at all. I'm just saying that that's definitely... Next, going into the next major cycle, would you try to? Would you want to try to beat out OG Secret X Liquid and Alliance to get in the top three? Because I'm assuming they're going to get three slots. Or would you rather beat Fighting Pandas, J Storm, and Quincy Crew, or sorry, Chaos, to get the second slot? I assume there's only going to be two for NA next round. And it's like I think it's easier to beat those two, like those three teams in NA, than it is to overcome those tier one powerhouses and eu because unless valve just gives you four slots which honestly like i don't even think would be unreasonable especially if uh alliance were to place like really high at this major uh coming up but i i mean i have a hard time believing they'll do that but i almost believe that would be correct yeah. uh but yeah so i i've said it before i try not to say too many harsh things about teams or players but I have also been told I need to try to be as honest with my opinion as possible whenever <laughs> I'm doing this type of show. NIP look like complete dog shit. Their drafts are terrible. They don't have an ounce of promise. Every game I watch them, I'm like, holy crap, what's their win condition? What's their plan? Like, what are they doing? Like, this is a TI winning captain. This is a yeah. TI winning offlaner. Like, what am I watching? Like, I look at this roster – and you're just like, nice. We're going to see some nice, promising things. Like, on paper, I'd almost say the roster is better than Quincy Crew or Chaos. But then I watch them play, and there's just nothing positive. Like, I actually have nothing positive. I have no hopes. Like, I don't look at their drafts. I don't look at their games, and I say, ah, oh, if they bring this together, they're looking good. Oh, if they draft better, they'll look good. I, it's all bad. It's It's all bad. It's all slow. It's... You know, I, I want to be clear. It's not implying that, like, I think I could do better. I'm saying that these players, if they want to compete at the level of Dota they need to compete at, they're just not there. They're like, this team is just not there. The, the, I PPD has shown in the last two years that he's going to stick with the roster that he's going with. Um, he did it with Optic and he did it with NIP last year. Yeah. I firmly believe it is a mistake for him to stay with his roster. Do I know exactly what the problems are? No, there's a lot of things that can go behind the scenes. Sometimes it can just be one player and we don't even know what it is. Um, like, but whatever it is, it needs changed. This, this roster is hopeless. That is, that is my 
final take on that roster. It's early in the season, but when you're losing to a team like 178 out of CIS that only is here because another team dropped out and you're representing NIP, you have the players that you have, former TI champions, etc. Yeah, it's I, I think it's very fair to suggest that they need changes, um, yeah. whether that's going to NA or making a roster change altogether. And to be more specific in my case, because you know, I don't want to just leave you hanging there if you're going to make that I make the call on them. But uh, Skinner, for me, is just it, it's hard to see if it's really fitting. Um, I know his experience. Obviously, he does have some experience playing with some other competitive teams to an extent. But this this is no doubt, you know, his biggest opportunity right now playing for an organization like NIP and, you know, with a captain like PPD. And it just feels like his position one play, it, it, it's it's not what they need it to be when it comes to being the, the true carry for the team. He seems like maybe he wants to be a little more aggressive. I mean, even looking at the lineups, they picked the Bloodseeker, they picked a Razor for him in their elimination Necro. match. And what's that? Uh, like they've picked a Necro for him before. Yeah. No other team picked a Necro carry. Like that shit's terrible, uh, this patch. Uh, so what, what, whether that's whether that's him calling the heroes or, I mean, obviously PPD is a very confident captain, so it may, maybe just not confident with the more typical carry heroes, the ones that can flash farm and take over the game for you. I, I think that that is, is a pinpoint issue for me from what I've seen other matches, especially here at the Summit event specifically. Yeah, I mean, I think the best advice I could give is, you know, you come to NA, maybe some weaker competition, you pick up an NA carry player that's waiting around, maybe a high 7K streamer type player uh, that just thinks, you know, hasn't played competitive in a little while. No, I'm kidding. I I do think Skeeter wasn't very good. uh, I don't want to, I don't want to just harp on him for, you know, individual, I don't want to single him out, but uh Overall, I don't care what it is moving forward. Make some change and uh, go from there. Yeah. And perhaps, you know, Skidder can find another team, obviously, if that is the case. Not that we're making decisions for them, but I'm sure he can find another home within the European region or wherever else to compete. Because certainly he has the caliber uh, to play. I mean, this guy's been rank one in the European ladder for multiple times and uh, many many of uh, months, if not even years uh, to, to an extent. So uh, I'm sure he could. But uh, yeah. If I had to call out a very specific, that would be the place there. But it is interesting to hear that they might be going to NA. Um, that's uh, That would be uh, fascinating to see. Uh, they do have three NA players, though. It certainly would make sense for them right there. So we'll see about that. Uh, anything else, really? I mean, we mentioned Chaos. Saberlight, I guess, is maybe the one last talking point. And uh, they haven't, there hasn't been any official word from the organization. I know Saberlight gave a thank you to the team and for having him and being able to play with him. Uh, whether or not he ultimately is going to be their new fifth, I guess we'll just have to wait and see uh, moving forward. But it seemed like he, he fit in fairly well. And again, Saberlight is a much more traditional offlane player, which is what they certainly need. Yeah, he doesn't look like he is willing to make the calls for what his game needs. Um, what I mean by that is uh, really good players like tier one offlaners, they are going to orchestrate the landing stage such that, uh, yeah, maybe they'll have a bad time. Like maybe they'll um, be losing the lane, but they'll never be irrecoverably losing the lane to the point that they're just a creep for the rest of the game like they just know enough scenarios and they have the confidence to say even though i'm the offlaner i need this lane set up or i'm gonna be a creep like that is a skill that is required at the highest level for roles like offlane because a lot of offlaners kind of will backseat themselves to the to the carries and if the carry says they need something the offlaner will kind of just let it happen 
uh, they won't like voice their concern about their what their hero needs to be successful. And I'm just bringing up that last game where he's Legion Commander and he's like 0-15 at the end of the game. It's not like he played bad. It's that his lane setup just left him set up for failure. And a tier one player is not going to let that happen. Like a tier one player is not going to, they'd be like, okay, guys, I think we need to look to potentially aggro tri-lane or I need this, like, or they would suggest a hero that would not get shit on in lane like it did. Uh, that whole setup for the game plan just left him just effed. Like the minute the game starts, I mean, at two minutes in, he was level two and Gyro was level four. That just tells you that it was the game plan. There's no play that can recover that game plan. Like that's what I meant by IG's drafts. Like their lanes were always solid. They made some couple cool lane swaps. I think it's very rare, more more rare than it should be that the offlaner goes to safe lane and the safe laner goes to offlane. Like IG did it several times in the minor, and I always thought that the games they did it, it was super good. And I think uh, if you're going to move forward with a player like Saberlight, give him some confidence, give him like, you know, instill in him this idea that he needs to take over the game sometimes or he needs to prioritize his own game first mm-hmm. uh, in order to make space for his cores. And if they think they can do that and move forward with him, otherwise, if there's a better option, I think they're willing to take it. We've already talked. I see even somebody bringing it on in chat the idea of Sumail uh, coming to a squad like uh, like NIP, you know, rejoining with PPD. Mentioned that the the, the chances of that happening seems pretty small just because their their history together. And also, we Sumail apparently there's even some contract stuff going on behind the scenes with EG and, and there. So that's uh, so that's a that's a sidetrack there. But just to address a question that was brought up in chat, um, yeah, I believe we even talked about it on the last week's show, if I'm not mistaken. So can check it out on there okay i think that covers the minor though uh, as far as what we wanted to talk about so that leads us i had to double check this but man we're, we're getting into it this coming weekend literally on saturday the major the mdl major begins and we'll have our first major of the season of course million dollars on the line all those dpc points i say all those dpc how much are on the line Fifteen thousand dpc points you know, it sounds, it sounds like a lot it is. You compare that to the minor, which was 660. So certainly quite the uh, quite the mark right there. Of course, uh, again, Invictus Gaming going to be joining the three other Chinese squads. So uh, China has great representation there. Uh, on top of IG, you have Vichy Gaming Aster and eHome joining them. So certainly going to be looking good. Uh, we'll see how they, they play out amongst everyone else. But the starting talking point, I figured, makes sense. We'll go with... Uh, what region do we feel has the most to prove at this uh, at this event? Not necessarily a team individually, but a region specifically, especially when we're talking about you know certain regions getting a certain amount of invites for these majors throughout the throughout the year. Um, is there one that stands out to you where you say you know what this region needs to really prove themselves? I'll say team specific. It's Beast Coast. I think they okay. are you know showing last year some promise, and this is a chance to really solidify it. And I think region-wise, it's definitely an A. Like, we all know EG is going to get third. Now the question is, how are Fighting Pandas and J-Storm going to do? Are these two teams going to literally get bottom three, bottom four? Or are they going to get seventh, eighth placements? Like, that's a big deal because this speaks heaps and bounds to the second and best team in an A, like what that represents. Because for the longest time, that hasn't really meant anything to be the second best team in North America. So uh, that they have a lot to prove to me. I think all these other teams, I kind of know what to expect. Um, and uh, if another one other team I'm going to be looking at is Liquid. 
the old Alliance, new liquid. Uh, they just looked terrible in ESL when I watched them. And it, it was the same way as NIP, where it wasn't like terrible, where like the results weren't good, but there was some promise. It was literally just terrible. Like they just looked really bad. Uh, their drafts were bad. Their play was bad. They didn't look confident. So it's a matter of they have a lot to prove to me because I think they could easily just get last again. And they got last at TI or, you know, they got 16th through 13th at TI. Um, I think they have something to prove to me as a team as well. Yeah. So for, for region specific, I, I, I'm kind of torn, but I, I think I am going to stick with Europe. And now I understand, you know, we talk about really – we the top three teams we feel didn't even participate in the qualifiers in OG secret and the X liquid squad. But I say that because for so long, and especially going back to last season and out into this one, there's been talk out Europe just is the best region, arguably up there with, with China, especially, and you know, past TI results have shown that blah, blah, blah. And it's just so deep and so difficult to compete on through you mentioned with Team Liquid right now, this Alliance squad sure looks a little bit better. But if we're going to talk about Europe being the best region even of all the regions, I would figure these teams that qualified for the major are going to be able to at least have decent showings. And when I say decent, I would think top four, top six uh, at this major. And personally, I don't know if I see that happening from this Liquid squad right now and even this Alliance squad as it is a very, very difficult major uh, that we have in front of us with the rosters among us. So, if I had to say a specific region that I think needs to prove themselves the most, I do think it's Europe. Hoping maybe for a surprise there, specifically with Team Liquid. It goes back to, of course, do have a little bit of bias there uh, with the history with them, but yeah, they, they have not been looking good as of late. Um, and as far as I do like what you said about Bisco, certainly we've mentioned them before. South America sure as a region we're not expecting the most out of but we are getting to a point where okay yes we understand you guys had your great run at ti how consistent can you be though uh throughout the season moving forward so i certainly think that there is a lot on the line for them some pressure even you could argue uh moving forward for them but then uh, if we're going to talk team specific i think it is eg this new squad ramsey's playing the off lane abed joining as far as the mid laner goes eg is this the changes that they needed to really start showing what they can do in the regular season, especially, let alone going eventually, and of course, TI-10 way down the road, but uh, there's no reason why they can't have a great finish here with the roster on hand, and they did look very solid in the qualifiers leading into this, so I think they arguably have the most to prove, honestly, of all of these teams here. Uh, I can see that reasoning. Uh, the one thought i wanted to wrap up is to be clear on my opinion of liquid the current liquid if they don't get bottom four i will be surprised like that is my opinion going in and yeah. i think a team like eg as you said is just uh i think they could win this like uh, i don't see why they can't uh i think my strongest contenders for winning this whole thing uh hope i'm not jumping too many lines here or whatever but sure. uh, top three who do you got top three for me are eg tnc and vg those are my top three and i think the close runner-ups for sixth are gambit uh the contenders for the next three like i'd say there's like five teams that i think are going to be contenders for top six and those would be gambit alliance uh fanatic beast coast and uh ehome those are the, okay. or sorry, IG, IG, not EHOM, IG, 
I think IG is going to put on a top eight performance and I think potentially squeak into the top six. And I think those three teams to win it, I'd say in my eyes, 80% chance that one of those three teams wins the major. That's how I look at it. And if I had to really go with the team that just blown me away, I'm going with TNC. Like that's the team that I think like, it's kind of like the wings before TI six where nobody really knew too much about them and they just looked really good. I'm not saying that they're going to be wings, but I'm saying that this team is scary. Good. I think this team is really good. Uh, And for all I know, okay. What I want to be clear, which is hilarious is the year that wings came out as a team. I predicted them to win the major in Uh like the battle pass or whatever. And they got last. I was like, <laughs> what? And and then I lost faith in them going into TI, and then they won. So I'm like, sometimes Dota's a, a weird freaking So game. what you're saying is TNC is not good. They're going to get, like, last place as a result. They're either going to get first or second, or they're going to get last. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> TNC, yeah. They're not going to get, like, seventh or eighth. They're, they're going to get first or last. Uh, that's, that's what I'm realizing about... Uh, my predictions is they're usually really correct or they're really wrong. They're, they're not like slightly off. So sure. It's happened a lot with my predictions. Yeah. It's uh, predictions can be tough sometimes, but the, as far as my predictions go, never tough and always right. I don't know if I'm as sold on TNC, honestly, it's, I, I feel like you are doing a little bit of a hype train, you know, coming off of ESL and yes, they look solid there, but as I said, even in the, in the what was that last week's show, I guess I the, the ESL event, I, I'm not really taking a lot from. I guess you can take from it that's it's gave them a little bit more warm up for this major in a sense in a big tournament environment, and that's great and all. And then being victorious, they got their portion of the prize pool, etc. But I, I don't see that as an event where I'm sitting back and you blow it away and saying that they're going to now go into this major and take it all. I, I didn't really have the highest hopes for them. Early on in the season, it's a team that I can see progressing throughout, certainly, and definitely representing as Southeast Asia uh, proud. But uh, early on, I do not have them. Uh, maybe top eight for them, sure, but uh, certainly not winning it as far as uh, as far as I'm concerned. As far as at my top three and who I do have, uh, I am going to go with uh, Evil Geniuses. I mentioned earlier, I do expect that they are going to shine. They look good in the qualifiers, and this seems like a roster that's certainly come together. Maybe a little skeptical on Ramsey's in the off lane, but he's having fun with it. And, and they so far uh, seem to be making it work. So uh, EG top three. I'm going to have Vici Gaming top three. Got some home crowd favorite there. And I've always been impressed by Vici Gaming specifically. Uh, Paparazzi and Ori, of course, that duo combo of core players, arguably one of the best in the world uh, when you combine them together. So I'm going to line up with Vici Gaming. Uh, my third, I don't, it's you know bouncing back and forth a little bit. I, I think... Uh, Man, like CIS is interesting to me because I I almost want to lean towards Gambit just because we saw what the CIS teams did at the minor and the fact that Gambit, you know, again, they did just play in the ESL event too, losing to TNC in the finals, but the fact that those teams did so well in the minor and now, you know, Gamma, the team that won their, their qualifiers going into the major, you'd have to figure that, that, that means something. And again, this isn't even the same Gambit squad last season, which I really like to watch. But you still have FNG specifically leading the way, and I like the what seems to be these very diverse combos of uh, of heroes and these the strategies that he seems to come up with for his squad. So I'm gonna that, that's gonna be my, my bit of a dark horse team being top three, but I'm gonna go with Gambit uh, joining Evil Geniuses and Vici Gaming. 
for my predictions there. So there you go. Yeah, my shakiest team that we put in the top three is probably Vici. I think Vici could easily drop out in like ninth through twelfth out of all my teams that I put high. Like uh, I think their variance and performance will be quite high just because they're playing in uh, you know with a new player. Um, and then when I saw we saw them at ESL, we did see them with a stand-in. So it's kind of like we haven't seen exactly their potential. Uh, I think they're a really good team. It's just a matter of whether or not that's finalized. Like they've come together as a unit uh, this early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what I wanted to clarify about a team like TNC and IG and what I see in this minor plus ESL is they just don't drop teams to or drop games to like tier three teams. They don't drop games. They they I think IG's record in the minor was like eleven and one, and TNC their only loss I believe was in the finals to Gambit. I don't think they lost a game prior to that. Uh, they just don't lose games. They're just better. They're just better than these tier three teams. So like, you know, Team Unknown, Team Adroit, Team J Storm, Fighting Pandas, you know, maybe Team Spirit, uh, even the Liquid right now they're not going to take a single game off these teams. Like, I, I just don't think they will. Uh, and so when I look at a hero team like TNC and IG, I believe they're very solid to get top eight. And I think TNC is like my wild card to just turn that tier three stomping into tier one contention, you know, like turn that into actually being able to potentially beat tier one teams. So I, sure. it, like what you said, though, is we haven't seen yet. Can they play a similar caliber of Dota against tier one teams that is yet to be answered. I don't know. Um, because being able to stomp tier three teams is not equivalent to being able to beat very like to play against tier one teams. I think the most notable analogy or comparison I can make to that is being a tier one or a number one ranked pub player does not result to doing well against good players. Uh, what a high ranked pub player means is that they are high-skilled and can consistently beat up on 90% of the high-skilled Dota population. But let me tell you, I was talking with, I believe my roommate about this the other day, the difference between playing against, like when I'm in NA pubbing, the difference between playing against Critter Sumail and anyone else that's not like on EG, I'm just like, it's unrecognizable. Like, sure. So you can be a rank one pub player very rarely facing up against a tier one caliber of player. Like you just don't have to play against them very often. And even if you do, you could have a 30% win rate and still probably be tier or like rank 10, like top 10. Um, as long as you're way better skill wise in lane against uh, the average, you know, rank 100, 200 player. Uh, so all I'm saying is I think TNC has proven they can be that rank one pub player in terms of a team. But now I, I believe in them based on what I've seen to be more than just that. But it's a matter of, you know, I, I'm not certain, but that's what I believe. I, I do like this team out of Southeast Asia being the number one team out of SEA at the end of the season, certainly. Uh, you know, kind of going off, you know, you got leadership from KP and his experience, especially March too. I think bringing it, them in to join these three uh, Filipino players certainly is a great mix and one that we can definitely see representing Southeast Asia proud at the end, as I said. But again, this event, I do not have the highest of hopes. 
as far as the format goes, by the way, to your point as well, it is uh, it is the GSL format. There's the four groups, four teams in each group. However, unlike the minor, everyone advances on to the playoffs. It is just the top two go on to the winner side and then the bottom two go to the lower side. And so that's that's what we've had, you know, for these bigger events in the past. So everyone will make it to the playoffs. And then uh, the lower bracket, I believe, yeah, it starts out a best out of one. So. Of course, uh, getting bottom two means you only have one more match potentially, but uh, you will be moving on. So to be to be clear on that, and again, it we don't know the groups yet, unfortunately, but depending on who they're matched up against, you can certainly see a team like TNC uh, getting top eight at least uh, as far as uh, getting on the winner side to start things off. But all right. Can I just laugh real quick that I looked What's at up? the bottom of the wiki page? Just sorry I saw this. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt again, but... Uh, United States only has four players in this major. <laughs> I just think it's so funny that there's 15 the teams or players theoretically from the NA region. Yeah. Uh, and there's only four Americans. <laughs> I just, part of that is just like, God, that's depressing. Cause you know, uh, uh, completely random topic. I'm not going to take us on the rabbit hole here or whatever, but I always talk to people and they ask me, you know, Oh, are you a gamer for a living? And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm pretty damn good at the game I play, but I don't play in tournaments. And they're like, oh, like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like top, you know, 10 or so in my position in, in my region. And I'm like, yeah, only four people from the whole country of North of United States are going to the major. I just think that's so funny. Like to think you could be the ninth best American and just not be, I'm not saying that's what I am, but you could be the ninth best American and just not be in a tournament is just like crazy to me like dota's it is well yeah you u.s specifically it's it's obviously not as popular especially amongst other games when it comes to dota 2 it's not as popular as especially used to be in the earlier dota days uh, later dota original days and of course early dota 2 days but um hey that representation we'll see you got what brax fear moo and snaking out of yeah. us as it's listed right there so more canadians man you yeah know, you got our team you know, and pretty much all of fighting pandas is uh is your is canadians no uh no no one from mexico unfortunately zolotl did not qualify for the major almost almost hey, hey, hey they're gonna qualify for a minor this season i'm gonna call that that's just a completely side note there i, I like that team though and uh, seeing them play and hopefully hopefully for them they can uh, we do have one player from Kazakhstan. You got me looking at this now. It's, it's actually kind of yeah, fun yeah, to see. Yeah. I found it interesting. I didn't know yeah. they did this. So when I scrolled down, I was like, oh, that's fascinating. That is cool. All right. So uh, that, that's, again, the, the major starts this Saturday. Uh, the 16th, I believe, is a specific date. It goes throughout the whole week into the next weekend. Understandably, it's going to be a longer event, as it should be, of course. And a uh, great, great event to kick off. And I cannot wait. So that means our next show, actually, it's going to be happening uh, for next week's show. will be taking place uh, as the group stages are even still going on. So that'll give us some more talking points there. See now it's developing and uh, give further predictions, perhaps, uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, but before this, so going into this next weekend, as for the minor as well, might as well for this major coming up. Um, any teams that specifically were really excited to uh, to look out for and see how they perform? 
Um, I, I, I'll just answer it right off the bat. It's I, I, I'm going to go back to Team Liquid again, bias sure, but I I know there's there's potential there for this squad, but man oh man, have they been disappointing as of late, especially now under the Liquid brand. But uh, I, I I still feel like there there's at least a chance that that things could kind of connect and they could do well at this event. So I'm hopeful that we could see something out of them, but. Uh, I'm not. I'm not definitely. I'm definitely not holding my breath on that. Uh, on that right there. I am going to take a different approach to this question because I've already talked a bit about some teams I'm excited to see. The ones that I'm looking out for are what I'm going to declare what I believe the most likely bottom four to this tournament, and those are the teams that I'm looking out for because I'm always I'm always down to be pleasantly surprised that they don't get bottom four, right? Like, I think they are, and I'm sure. surprised if they don't. Um, those two, those four teams would be Adroit, Pandas, Team Unknown, and Team Liquid. Those are my bottom four. Okay. So anybody on that list places significantly higher than top four, I will be excited to watch their journey. Uh, with Fighting Pandas, other than the qualifiers for NA, they've looked like trash. Uh, for Team Liquid... Uh, they just look out of form. They just don't look like the team that we knew them from last season. Team Adroit and Team Unknown, I just don't know much about them, and their roster isn't all that impressive on paper. So I'm down to see some unknown players, kind of literally unknown players, uh, <laughs> prove themselves. So that's kind of the four teams I put in the bottom four. Whenever I see a tune uh, on a roster from South America, man, it's just something about that. It's always like, yeah, that's that's that player that uh, had that incident. That was scripting. A yeah. Couple, <laughs> a couple TIs ago. That's right. He, I mean, he is a great player. Obviously, that was a unfortunate circumstance, we'll put it, that they went through. But I, I've actually had the chance to cover a, a fair amount of South American Dota over the years. So I, I've seen him specifically around some of these other players and, uh, um, he doesn't just play Huskar, you know, these these armlet toggle heroes. There are other ones that he certainly is a standout player. So especially on this land coming up. And uh, again, I'm not having high expectations for them by any means. But uh, it will be, will be fun to see if uh, Team Unknown, uh, out of those bottom four, I will say, you know, of course, outside of Liquid, I'll say that they certainly intrigue me. Uh, curious yeah. how they do, but certainly not expecting much out of them this event here but yeah the na representation i mean we mentioned eg talked a little bit about fighting pandas not the highest expectations there despite their roster obviously it's flipped that coin with eternal envy so we'll see how that goes but uh jay storm i mean talking na they're, they're the kind of the last squad from there uh that we didn't really give much love to uh yet out of all these teams that are competing um, and I think that's almost fitting because it's, it's one of these squads that does feel like it's like they could get top four, but they could also be bottom four. You know, it's, it really is anywhere and in between, at least for, for in my opinion, when I look at this squad right here. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how they do, though. And it's funny you say that because I think J-Storm is a ninth or 12th team, almost certainly. Like, I think that's what they are. Like, they're going to beat somebody in a best of one to make it to ninth, 12th. Maybe they'll somehow be good enough to sweep through the winner's bracket for the group stage and then lose two best of threes. Like, I think that's almost guaranteed to be their fate. Like, in my eyes, right? Like, that's my opinion sure. on the quality of the team. So, I would be surprised if they don't get ninth through twelfth. Like, if they get last, I'll be surprised. If they get top eight, I'll be surprised. So, uh, right. I always – I like to just give prediction in this case because – you're either right or you learn something. So that's that's you know I'm never wrong. I'm just I'm just <laughs> learning. You know that's easy that's way how you out. Set yourself. Yeah, exactly. 
That's uh, that's smart there. You're learning. I like it. All right, so we'll uh, we'll look to call you out next podcast. Uh, we'll yeah, fi- we'll find go. some way to call you out on the next show next week right there i try to make that as difficult as possible <laughs> we'll get you we'll get you all right so that's again the major starting this saturday looking forward to it and uh, uh next week's show we'll be able to talk about some of the early results from those group stages again it's it is unfortunate we don't know the groups yet i do wish see, these orgs man would like like what's stopping them from announcing the groups right now right like it, it, we know the teams now especially i know they just qualified yesterday but even just you don't even need to know invictus gaming to do the group so i, I really wish these organizations would not only announce the groups maybe a little earlier but even have fun with it like show it on stream like do some release of the groups i i feel like there's missed opportunity there man yeah you know in college when i had a whole semester to do my final project why did i wait till the last two weeks to start my final project you know it just it it doesn't make sense but it's procrastination and it's human nature and they're all lazy so uh, (laughs) that's what i'm gonna chop okay I mean, I guess, yeah. It's. I mean, to be fair, you might not be wrong. I mean, we, we both. I don't think there's a better explanation. That's like, true. Know, when, that's when, true. When, when logically it doesn't make sense, you kind of just have to account for human error, or like, what about per people would make this happen? And I, yeah. I am first first draws procrastination and maybe laziness hey maybe that's how we can get to some events uh bsj you know what's well, the selling point right now guys we'll do your your group stage announcement show for you at every single event coming up you know it's there we we, we got it we got it that, that's i thought you were there. going the opposite direction with that i thought you were like that's how we get invited to vince bsj we call the organizers lazy and <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you said that it's a, it'll be it'll be just hey, me no, i was it'll saying be... <laughs> off of you saying that i don't know what you're talking about all right, so that's, uh, again, starts this Saturday. Looking forward to it. The MDL Major going to be coming up here. Um, that pretty much, uh, you know, not much else to go over this week, though there wasn't a whole lot that happened. I mean, we touched on, I guess, slightly the Quincy crew being picked up by Chaos. It's it's good to see Chaos back once again. Um, you know, Greg, of course, behind the scenes, former BTS, and he's been involved in Dota 2 for a while, um, has that organization and uh, certainly has done a, a great effort to make it succeed, not only in Dota 2, but I know they're branching out uh, in some other games as well. So fun to see there and i think certainly a good squad to pick up of course <laughs> moving forward yeah any word all right uh, i don't have too much to contribute to that one I, I agree and that pretty much is it though uh i guess uh yeah the dota buff segment uh, there was i don't know if there was really too much standout from the from the minor event, you know, it's fun to kind of go over looking over the heroes. Maybe a little more interesting from the major once it happens. But uh, just to make note of it, Ogre Magi was the most picked hero at the the Summit Minor. Actually, 19 matches in total was seen. Uh, followed shortly by Rubik, Marana, and Lich. So a lot of these support heroes being picked up. Uh, Core is a little bit down there on the list, but... Um, not much else standing out, though, other than Keeper of the Light had a 75% win percentage. Again, not surprising, but <laughs> that'll happen, I guess. Yeah, OD uh, is a hero that I think gets picked a lot and has high praise, but I think in the competitive scene, you know, he 40% win rate in 10 games. I think that hero is not as easy to make work against organized teams. Uh, that's just a hero my viewers complain about in pubs a lot. And then, uh, you know, a standout support that I don't think is – win percentage speaks to how good he is, but I've also been playing against players like Fly and Pubs, and they're just spamming Lich. So that's kind of my go 
Hmm. Like Keeper of the Light and Lich, I think are going to be the premier fives going into the uh, major. I don't really care too much about the results of this minor. I'm going to like use this more as like a brief moment to talk about the heroes to look out for, in my opinion, uh, going into the major. I think Gyro and Void are going to be the premier carries as before. Uh, I think we might see some Lycan, uh, maybe like 10 games of Lycan where it has a high percent win rate because that hero, I think, is underpicked in Tier 3 Dota, uh, but he has very good uh, timings if a team can draft him into the right scenario. And half those games will be on Eternal Envy. Yes, exactly. Uh, Eternal Envy is sadly going to negatively pad the stats, though. He's going to be the two losses. So, no, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just messing around. But uh, I think heroes like Legion are going to fall out of favor a bit. Um, only teams that really specialize in those heroes are going to pick them. Uh, I think Kunkka is going to still stand out to me as one of the most broken heroes in the entire game. I think we'll see more Skyrath Mage than we saw in the minor, and. That's about it for me. I think right. those are the highlight heroes that nothing's really going to be a shocker. I think there's going to be a ton of alchemists as well. God, I'm still just off of that real quickly. It's just I, I'm looking at the unplayed heroes from the minor and the fact that Io is a part of that list. And I know in the qualifiers wasn't picked like really at all through all the regions. I understand the hero got nerfs, man, and the carry Io is no longer nearly a thing anymore. But the support Io is still a thing, I feel like, especially with all the gyrocopter. Where the hell's the Io? Hey, man, it's hilarious. You mentioned Io. Okay, so they did nerf him. What about my boy Tidehunter? That hero was first rounded. And was like nine sure. and zero on the main stage at TI, and there's been like a small patch with no nerfs to Tide. Like, what does that tell you about the meta for Dota? Like that hero was honestly what carried like three of the top six teams to the top six. Like they, the hero was nine and zero at the main stage, I think, or something like that for the first nine games it was played, and now it's unplayed. Like I, I don't yeah. get it. Nobody's picking Tide. I, I just think it's hilarious that, uh, you know, you bring up Io. It's like, at least that hero got nerfed and we can kind of surmise, like, wow, I guess that's why that happened. Uh, now explain to me a hero that got played so much at TI and now it's just ignored. Um, I also think on that hit list of unplayed heroes, I think Enigma is going to see a decent amount of play at the major. Uh, he was unpicked in the minor. I think that hero is really hard to make work, but I think with teams that know how to play around it. The reason why it's hard to make work is because it's a four. That's naturally the three, uh, meaning that the offlaner common becomes more sacrificial mm -hmm. and the Enigma is like your four position win condition, which isn't the case with any other hero in the game. Like you're going to win 40 minutes into the game because you have a refresher Enigma. Like that's why you're going to win the game. So I think play teams like TNC make really good use of that. And I think we'll see some of that hero uh, be some game changing picks at, T at the major. All right, so got our predictions in there. Doing our mini compendium of sorts for the uh, for the major coming up. Always fun to do. I think we actually made it through everything we wanted to talk about, though. So there, there you go. The major starts this Saturday. Once again, keep reiterating it, uh, mainly because we all love Dota. I know you guys are looking forward to watching it, and those that are listening to the podcast on your select platform, I'm sure you'll be watching it as well. And look forward to uh, checking out our next week's show every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern. That's the plan, unless we tell you otherwise. But <laughs> that is our default time and day uh, that we do go for as far as a live recording. And then the following day uh, is when it's posted. But I think it's time to wrap up. So, BSJ, anything else, final words before we do? Nah, I've talked plenty. 
All right, I have as well. We're time to get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the major this week, and we'll see you guys next week on the podcast, The Wombo Combo, every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern.